You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. It's a pleasure for me to be here today. More than a pleasure. It's a joy. It's a dream come true. Isn't it? Jane and Richard, my closest friends that God gave to us when we were here 20 years ago, and Hania and Ashley, Ellen May. Now, all of you that I know from before, and the ones that I made friends when we were, when we were here last 2019, our as you can see, Kat over there, and Jonah. And as my friend said before, Joy said that we, you are part, you are family, Bob and my friend Chris. You are part of the family that we have in Christ Jesus. We are all from the same family. Sometimes we don't think a lot about that as we should. And we don't make the most of these relationships. Because you know what? God is a loving God that has poured over our life. Ryan, Jenny, oh my gosh. They're beautiful. And Alan and 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 Liz Taylor, the ones that my my youngest one, 2019, went to their house and they were looking at the photos that they had with us in Brazil when we lived here 20 years ago. And then my youngest one said to them, "How did you get to know my grandfather before me?" <laughs> and that is a, a wonderful question, isn't it? Because my youngest one understood that life began before him. There is a history that we carry in our lives. And it's so important to tell and share with others, especially our sons and daughters, for them to understand the whole idea about life. Life is a sharing journey, isn't it? What, what's the point of us living life? Is to share our life with, with each other. You know, they're the simple, I think one of the greatest um, Gifts, or no, not gifts, I want to say, the greatest um, understanding that pandemic helped me with is to see that how important are the simple moments of life. The simple ones that sometimes we take for granted. Like to go to somebody's house and have a coffee or tea with a cake. And then we spend that time with that person, hearing her or him and talking to you. My friend Malcolm, my dad bear. I love his hug. I think when he hugs us, not just me, all of us, we feel so loved and, and cared for. So you see, each one of us, we carry God's presence. And when we share that, can be with a smile, can be with a, just a look, can be with a hug, can be with a cup of tea. We share life together, you know. Sometimes we seek something else as this wasn't enough. But during the pandemic, the simple things were impossible for us to, to live. And then we, we realized that the simple things are the most important things. My friend Suzette and Theo, the ones who lent us the car in 2019 and made it possible for us to go all, every place around here. Thank you very much. You see, it's like Joy said, my life has been built on the things you shared with us, with me, with my family. It's impossible to detach uh, you from us. And I know that I know that I know that what God wanted to give to me, he chose to give through you to my heart. So this morning, I want to, to give to you my heart, there is a verse in the Bible that it's, I, I used to say that's my verse. <laughs> you know, do you have this, this, this thing with God? I said, okay, God, I know that you wrote the Bible for everyone, but there are some parts, some bits that, oh, it's just so much me and you, Lord, that I, this is my verse. My friends here know which one it is. <laughs> Can you guess? Can you have a guess? Um, so we are going to go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, how do you say that? Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 30, 
from 19 to 20. Before that, I want to pray again. Lord, thank you for this opportunity once again to be here with my family. I, I do accept all of them and each one of them as my family. Because I know that you have put in each one of us part, spiritual gifts for us to share with each other when we live in community. And then we can be fed by each other's spiritual gifts. And I have been so blessed in this house, in this city, with these people. I am so grateful to you, God, that you allowed me to come here 20 years ago. And you still allow me to come here and come back. And now, especially this time with my friends and share with them this relationship that can build us stronger, can build us more full of you, Lord, because we can feed each other. Thank you very much, Lord. And make me your vase today that you're going to speak through me, even though my limited English, but speak through me what you want to plant in each single heart here as a seed of all word that's going to be enough to bear all the fruits you want them to, to bear in each one of my friends' life here in Jesus' name. Amen. So the verse says, this is this day I called the heavens and the earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curse and curse. Now choose life so that you and your children now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. He is, he is, mm, swore? I don't know this word. He, okay, can I help me? Uh, S-W-O-R-E. Swore. He swore to give to your fathers, Hebron, Isaac, and Jacob. Now choose life. That's the word that God said to me to say to you this morning. Choose life. You know that we have a choice every single day about choose life or death in the simple things. For example, as I was talking before, to be able to choose that I'm going to go out and have a go around, have a walk around and meet somebody else and have a cup of coffee with that person and lend my ear just to hear them and lend my heart to share my faith with them. This is a choice of life because this comes from the kingdom of God. We, are, we have so many choices to do every single day. If we are going to wake up believing that our God has everything planned for us. He said that he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and omega. He knows everything. So I choose in the morning when I wake up, I choose that I'm going to believe that even though I don't feel that. And I'm going to walk on that truth. And from that truth, I'm going to choose the things that bring this truth and reality into my life. And then what brings reality of life to my life? Well, God said that first, as in Acts, we can see that prayer, communion, studying the Bible, uh, being and sharing together with one another, it's a true thing from his kingdom. And the life from his kingdom that strengthens us and encourages us. Amen, church. So what we felt so sad and so um, tired and so sick during the pandemic, because all these basic things from the kingdom of God, they were impossible for us to live in a profound way. Of course, we had our people inside the house, our family, and we had the technology to talk with each other through screens, screens but they are not the same. Is that? It's not the same. Like we shared yesterday in this beautiful moment we had here, the conference that we shared the verse in Romans that says that, I long to see you. Paul was saying that to Rome and he had never been there. Hasn't he? Hasn't been there. Ah, you understand, did you? Okay. 
he hasn't been there yet. And then he was writing letters to the Roman people. He didn't know them, but her, his heart longed to see them. Although he had letters, although we have this, we must long to see each other. Because when we see each other, when we touch each other, when you have the smell, oh, my friend, I can talk with you by screens. And I, I, I do. We do. We do. Don't we? I did with Hanin. I did with Jane. But you know what? To hug them is an amazing and incredible experience. It's far more better than to see you guys through a screen. For all of us, and you know what? The scientists are proving that. Every day, even more and more, there are so many studies around the world saying how good for our health is to be in present, is to know, is to be with someone in person. To hug someone, you know what? For 30 seconds, so shaking hands is awesome, but even better is to hug. Because when you hug, you are serotonina. I don't know the name in English. Yeah, this, this thing. Uh, it are released in our body. And you know that serotonina is a hormone, yes? That releases the well-being of your body. That gives you joy. That gives you a, a good, a good, a good feeling. Okay? So this, I think this is why we hug so much in Brazil. I think we have realized that. Not that we are better than you. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that our God has put in each one of us different things that we realize from the kingdom for us to share. So we share our hug and you share the word you have before God and before people. Your word is enough. In general, for English people, you have so much power in your word. You say yes or you say no and you meant that. Amen? So we have to share the goodness of God he has put in our life. And as I was saying here, we have to choose life every single day of our lives. Choose to hug, choose to smile, choose to be pay attention for the things God has got for us. And I want to give you an example of a man, a young man in the Bible on, uh, during this time that we are going to read, that had this, this, this choice and he, had, and he chose life. And I want to give you this as a testimony for our hearts today. Amen. So let's go with me to um, first... Um, We are going to go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. From verse 1. From verse 1? Yes, from verse 1. Okay? The verse we were reading before, Deuteronomy, says that we have to seek God, love Him, listen to Him, and hold fast, hold fast. Yes? said about hold fast. I looked up in the dictionary and says that hold fast is something to which something else may be firmly secured. When we choose life, uh, we choose not life not just for us, but for our children as well, because they are looking at us. I have three children, not children anymore. I have three young people in my house. Larissa is 20. João Marcos 18 and Luis Felipe 17. Larissa wasn't born here, but she was made here. So she thinks she's English. She's, she, she's sure she's English. She loves you guys as well. And every single choice that my husband and I has made in life, we can tell how much this choice has impacted our children. I am a businesswoman. Marcos is a dentist. But when we were living here as missionary 20 years ago, God called us to be full-time in ministry. You do remember that. We came here with, without realizing or without knowing that God had this plan for our lives. Because you know what? We don't have the whole picture. Just God knows, doesn't he? And when we were here, I think this is one of the reasons why we love so much this place. Because God released here a new season in our lives that we didn't know. And has been an adventure with, adventure with God. 
to listen to his voice and follow him, even though we don't understand everything he's asking us to do. And not just because Marcos and I now are full-time pastors, because we are full-time Christians. Amen? So it doesn't matter if you are in the dentist or if you are a businesswoman like I thought and he thought that was okay with God, we would do everything he asked us through our proficiency, but God decided that he wanted us more full-time in the ministry and we have been since then. But these choices in our life make an, a, a, gives um, an F a gives a change, gives an example, gives a pattern to our children about how we choose the things we choose in our life. When we came to our sabbatical in 2019, we went to Dallas first, Texas, United States, and then we came here for the second part in England. We, we didn't know that at the beginning. God showed that to us after, while we were already in the United States. And to tell to our children that God had said something new to our, to us and that we should change direction, direction was crazy. Joe Marcus cried a lot because he had made friends in Dallas already. <laughs> and then he didn't want to come over here. But you know what? When we obey God, we trust him that he sees the whole picture. And I know that I know that I know that even though I saw my son crying, I believe even more in what God says that he's going to give to his life through this movement that he is seeing and being part and seeing how God speaks to us and we must obey. I don't know now everything that my children are going to be, but God knows. And through the obedience we have in life, we will have this, this harvest with our children. We don't know when. And anyhow, but we know that God's going to bring. Amen. So we want to talk about, about a little bit about David, this man of God. It, uh, he was very young in this moment here in his life. And I want you to pay attention to this story. Okay, so see, if you have a Bible with you, I would like you to open your Bible and follow with me this test here. Okay. Um, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 17, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Demin between Soko and Azekah. So and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze graves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron pointed eight six hundred shekels. His shield barrier went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the hunks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of Ephratite and named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and so times he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. 
David was the youngest. Now I want the youth who are here to pay attention on this test. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to, to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take Take this ephra of hosted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheese to the commander of their unity. See how your brothers are and bring them back uh, and bring back some assurance from them. They were with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Interesting that this father just uh, sent his youngest son to the battle, to the camp, to see how their brothers were. Brave parents, weren't they? Would you send your youngest son to the field where the battle was going on? Think about that for a moment. Think how maybe and probably this Jesse's heart was a heart of faith. Amen? So let's carry on. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd. So he left, pay attention on that. He left the flock in the care of a shepherd. He was a pastor. Amen. So he had this responsibility of looking after. Mm, this is a word for me. Sheep. If I say wrong, sorry. Sheep. Yeah. Okay. Because it can be another thing. I know. A bad one. Sheep. Okay. He was the pastor of <laughs> awesome. I like this one. The sounds better than the word. So he was a pastor. So he went, but he went to the to the battle, but he left the <laughs> with somebody else. Okay, they weren't alone. Good guy, responsible guy. Yes, and amen. Loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the enemy was going out to its battle positions. I found that so interesting. He saw that the, the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, run to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. This line here shows how David was brave. Because otherwise he could, oh my gosh, I got here in the wrong way. <laughs> I'm not going there to check my brothers. I'm going to wait to see what's going to happen. And then I go. So we can see, we can tell that David was brave. He had courage. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual def def defiance. Thank you. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. They were all, they, they were all men of military skills. Amen. But they, they fled from him in great fear. Courage doesn't come for, from our armor. Courage comes from our heart. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He came out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the arms of the living God? David is saying about who is that? Why is messing around here? And how the, the, the army are so afraid. In whom are you trusting your life? To their circumstances or to the kingdom? To the king of this kingdom? The sovereign God, the almighty God who knows everything. We can tell that this youngest brother, this young guy, he saw the situation. He came there out of the blue and then he realized what was going on. Seems that he was so much aware of life and death than even the military force. 
Because as soon as he got there, he saw that the people were so afraid and this fear were killing the military force. Fear will kill us. But then this guy, he had this experience with God in the secret. David was being built and God was dealing with him back in the fields, as we're going to tell here. And you know what? There is another thing that pandemic taught us many bad things from pandemic. I agree. But you know what? That pandemic showed us that our life with God starts and ends in the secret place. Here is the assembly, the communion, the, the, the service where we worship God together as a family. And that's so important indeed. And it's biblical. It's vital for the body to see the body together. Amen. Understand that we belong to each other. Feet, legs, arms belong to the same body. This is vital. This is life. But then the Bible says that each day I should spend time alone with God. Because there in this place, I am going to be built. And then when I'm here, I can share and I can receive from what I have been built and from what you have received from God. When I lab, I want you to pay attention on that. Verse 27, they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Verse 28, I want you to pay attention on that. Please do. When Ilab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Like, who are you? Why are you here? And he, wa he wasn't nobody. I mean, he was his oldest brother. So he word for him meant something, was important. Of course, that David hearing his oldest brother that was in the field for the battle, saying to him, what are you doing here? Of course, I guess his heart was trembling or, wow, my gosh, am I doing something wrong here? Carry on. When home and with whom did you live? Those few sheep in the wilderness. Do you remember when I told you he was a responsible young guy? He left the ah with a shepherd. <laughs> I like when the Bible gives us so much details. Because God made clear that David wasn't a, res a re irresponsible guy. He was responsible with the things God has asked him to look after. I know how consated, consated. I looked up because I didn't know this word, consate. I don't know many words in English, but these words means vain, doesn't it? Vain or, um, another word means, um, narcissistic. Okay. So his brother was saying to him, why are you? I know you are vain. You are in the, how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. I'm going to give you our first enemy that wants to destroy us and wants to come as death before us is when, when somebody near you, very close to you, doubt your heart. It's hard to deal with that, isn't it? Because you expect that somebody that you love so much and somebody that lived with you, grown up in the same house, are going to understand your heart and it will be there for you. You encourage you. You will protect you. But David's older brother didn't do that at all. He did the opposite. He, he, he confronts him. He, 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 he doubts him. And I don't know you, but for me, if I had, I, I am the oldest one in the house, but let's think that one of my sisters, one of my sisters in Christ come to me as I have had this experience so many times. And actually I had once one just before I came when I was sharing with a, a friend of mine and a sister in Christ who is older than me in age and experience with God. And she didn't understand the purpose of this trip here. And she said to me, 
Your heart is wrong. You are doing wrong. Like the oldest brother did here. She said, you are doing something for you. And it was hard for me, very hard to listen to my sister, that I trust, that I belong to her. Listen that she doubt my heart. She did doubt my heart. She spoke more than an hour with me, saying the same thing over and over again. In the end, you know what I did? I stopped justifying myself. I stopped. There was pointless. And then I left that to God. I prayed in my spirit while she was keep saying to me words that hurted me. I keep saying, okay, God, I, I give to you all this conversation. I am not the only one who is going to convince her about my heart. Just you. So these moments happen in our life. Yeah? I have had this experience. I am, probably you have had already. If not, you are going to have. And then when you have this experience, you feel, oh, oh my gosh, I can draw. I can, um, I can withdraw. I can give up. It, then it's a choice. It's a choice of death. Because when we give up what God has got for you and me, it's a choice of death. Because not going to bear fruits. You are going to give up. You are going to leave that thing, that dream, that purpose to, to die. So it's a death. And then I, I think I did. I believe I did. By the Holy Spirit, what David did here. David said to Saul, let no one... No, before. Okay, 29. How? Now, what have I done? Said David. What have I done? Can't I even speak? He said to his brother. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. And then I want to leave this behavior with you. This David behavior, position, this Dave attitude to your heart and to my heart. When we will listen to people saying and doubting your heart, just live and let God deal with that. It's not your responsibility to convince no one about anything we plant seeds in people's heart we share our thoughts we can do that okay but convince someone about something we can't it's, it's not our job you know what me as a mother of a 20 18 and 17 years old has been tough Jamie because I know now that I can't convince them for example when they were young I would say okay Larissa you are gonna dress this this dress you're gonna use this dress and she'll be no mom I said yes you are and then she would obey me clearly okay now she's 20 years old and I look at her sometimes and say, Larissa are you sure about this clothes she said yes mom I'm sure, we, we, we really sure she said, yes, I said, okay, okay, okay. God, please tell her that's not a good looking, but I leave to her to decide in the end. Just a very simple example, saying that we can't, there is a moment that we can inf uh, influence, our, influence people, but there is a limit. We go onto a certain limit and then we have to trust that what we share, what we put in each other's life, God's going to take that as a seed and multiply or not. Amen. Okay, so let's carry on because my time is going, but I want to finish this with you because I do believe God's going to give to your heart a position of life today that you won't allow any more people's life, people's speech, people's behavior towards you hurt you in a way that you give up. Amen? In Jesus' name. So let's carry on. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. That's so brave. He saw the circumstances and he said before a whole army that him, the youngest one, the one that was in the field, look after the... Uh, would be the one who would fight a giant called Goliath. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't seem right. But let's see what Saul is going to do. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are not able. Have you heard this word before? You are not able. We are not capable. 
We listen that in our minds. We don't need somebody else to tell us that. We can listen, us saying to us, we, you are not able. Like I, I heard again coming here, as I shared yesterday, who weren't here yesterday, I would suggest you to, to listen to what we shared because it was very, very profound from, from God to us. Amen? Because I shared for me as well. <laughs> and sometimes we say to us, you are not capable. You, you can't do that. So, so said, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only, only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This incircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. I want to tell you something. What David answered to Saul is what we should answer to our enemies, to the circumstances that are tough for us, that comes out in our life that we don't expect, like this Goliath, because suddenly David saw the Goliath. He wasn't there hearing that every day. He suddenly got in the field and saw that giant, and instantly he knew what to do because he had been, he had been, he had been dealing with a lion and a bear and he had been listening to God how to do with a lion and a bear. And he was looking after this sheep and he was a shepherd. His heart was being built in the field. So let me tell you something, my friend. Don't despise. Don't take for granted. Pay attention on every single season of your life because maybe what you are going through now is going to be the experience that will build up strength and courage and faith in your life for the the next and then when you face the next situation you are going to remind yourself okay lord you have been with me until now so you're going to carry on being with me this is the experience i have to you it's like when we have a situation in our life for example uh okay i'm going to give an example in this trip here i have here eileen okay the ginger lady here she doesn't speak a word in english okay and then i have sueli another lady who doesn't speak a word in english and we had to have a house back in Yeovil that would ex uh, receive two ladies. And then I had to think about which one, which two could go there. And I knew, because I know them, that Eileen and Sueli would be cool being in a house, an English house, without having a word in English. They will be cool. They will make a joke out of the difficulty. They will face that with light. With So I know from the other experience with them, that would be good for them. But I know that for somebody else, wouldn't be the right moment. Could be in the end of the trip. Okay? So because I know which one of them... I can think with God which is the best moment for each one of them live what they have to live. So the histories they have behind us, before us with people, will give us a grasp of understanding about which one I can rely and which one I can trust or which one I can uh, seek for something, isn't it? So David had this strong experience with God and he knew God was for him with the lion. And with the bear. So he could be, he would be the same with the Goliath. We have to have experience with our God every single day. Because when come the biggest, the big ones, we will have to have a, 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 um, a history behind us that will strengthen us to face the new hard challenge. So my friend, you know when the Deuteronomy says about Loving God, listen to Him, and hold fast. These are the things we have to build every day in our life. Listen to His voice. 
love him. We don't love someone if you don't get to know someone. And there is a way for us to, to know Jesus is to read his word every day and allow his word to build in our lives who he is for us. Father, he has a big hug as Malcolm has. He's a teddy bear who hugs you and embraces you and you feel so secure inside that hug. But David said to Saul, 34, your servant has been keeping his father's... I have read that. Okay, okay, let's carry on from the verse 37. So David to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then so that dressed David, and then so dressed David in his own tunic. Seemed that so was okay. Okay, you can go, you convinced me, you are able, but then put my arm, put my clothes, wear my clothes. And then he put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose, chose, chose or chose, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. It's another lesson from David to us. He fights the, the fight with what he had been learning with. Can be something very simple. But it's what God uses, what we have in our hands. It's the same that Jesus did with that, that young boy that brought the five fish and the two breads. God multiplied, Jesus multiplied what that young boy had in his, in his hand, didn't he? So what do you have in your hands today? What are you... What are you experiencing with God that you can present to him or to each other? A song, a writing, an experience in your heart? I don't know. In my sabbatical, I started to make, bake many cakes, Aninha, so I could take to each other's house and I could introduce myself with a cake. So my armor during sabbatical was a cake, a carrot cake. Delicious one, by the way, because I, I knew that wasn't a door to be opened for me to be introduced to that person. You know, simple things that God put in our hands. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bear, barrier, I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish, okay? Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield barrier in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little, more than a boy, glowing with healthy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his good gods. gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, defeated. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This every day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into your hand, our hands. The battle is the Lord's. I love the way that David gives back to Goliath. He, Goliath uh, swore, Goliath tried to make him afraid and David wasn't afraid at all. And he knew in his mind, in his heart, what God was going to do. And he replied to Goliath, this word of confidence, of trust and relying on God. And I want to pray for us today that we will have that in our hearts. 
we will allow our God to be dealing with us. We will allow our God, we will choose life. And choose life is to choose to listen to his word, is to love him and to hold fast on him. And being built on that, we will face our enemy in another position, in another way. And sometimes this enemy is going to come as your uh, closest person, as the oldest brother, can come as authority, as the king Saul came to David, he was an authority for him, or can come as a real enemy, because Goliath was clear an enemy, okay? But sometimes the enemy comes disfarsed, disguised. Disguised. Okay? These are the hardest ones for us to deal with. Especially when the enemy comes in, comes from us. Inside of us. Our soul. And then it's hard. But it's so possible. Because our God wants to dwell in us. So as much as I pour over my life. God's, God's voice. God's word. God's love, God's people, as much I pour, I pour, I allowed God to pour over me his love, his voice, as much I will um, diminish. I'm going to diminish myself and God's going to increase in my life. And then when I face an enemy, I will stand up with God inside of me. Can you, can you see that, that let, let my dance dance season be back let my ballerina season be back here for you to have a look as much as god comes with me comes inside of me through his word through his people and i'm gonna allow him to fulfill me to fulfill me i'm gonna diminish myself diminish myself and he's gonna come 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 and then when the hard times come i'm gonna stand up and stand firm with the things i believe when I stand up, it will be not just me, Roberta is standing up, or Chris is standing up, or Hannah is standing up, or Jane is standing up. It would be God in you, in which one of us is standing up to face enemies. And we will say, you know what? You are incircumcised. I don't have to deal with that. You know, let me finish with that. Bear with me this last moment. With his brother. David didn't carry on the conversation. He turned away, as the Bible says, okay? So there is somebody that you are talking with that is confronting you, doubting your heart. You don't have to prove that for anyone. Leave it to be, as, did, as David did, okay? With the authority, David was strong enough to say, I can do. He, he was confident. He, he said what he was. I, I can because I have done this and that. And when the authority wants to give him a way, there, there wasn't his way, he didn't negotiate what God has done in his life. Amen? So sometimes the authority can give us the easiest way, can give us a short way. Okay? But God has his ways. For the glory to be his and not ours. And with the real enemy that we face, and it's clear for everyone that's enemy. My gosh, <laughs> I, I don't economize. I don't huh? economize any effort to show that he is defeated because our God is with us. Amen. So I will end up this moment reading again the verse I start at the beginning for you and for my heart. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witness against you and I, you that I have set before you, you life and death, blessings and curse. You know, God has set before us life and blessings. We are going to go for these ones. Amen? Life and blessings. Now choose life so that you and your children, strange, uh, in interesting, souls ask who is David's father in the end of the chapter if you read there you're gonna see him asking who is David's father who taught this young boy to be so brave we are the ones that are gonna teach our children and in the right time in the right moment 
We don't know how much time a seed is going to take to grow, do we? We don't control that. But we know that what we sow, we are going to reap. This is a kingdom true. Amen? We plant a mango tree, we are going to reap a mango fruit. Amen? This is nature. This is God saying that this is a principle for life. So now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers. Haven, Isaac and Jacob. God, I thank you for your words today. And I, I thank you because your word is the truth for us to meditate on is the truth for our hearts and our minds to be renewed and to be changed because lord you know that our mind and our heart get so much stuff that are bad so much rubbish we listen to we see that are not true and sometimes all this rubbish gets stuck on us and suddenly we feel so heavy we feel so without hope because this stuff this rubbish they, they rob the space of hope and, 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 and joy and happiness. So, Lord, I just want to pray that all of us here, you are going to take this word and bring to our mind every single day that you are the one who put before us life and death. Uh, blessings and curse and we choose life every day we are the ones who choose life and we're going to choose life for us and for our children so help us lord to be near you help us to listen to your voice help us to go closer to you help us to love you more than anything else god in jesus name and as david uh, did we want to do we want to do the, we, we want to know that we are going to deal with the circumstances that sometimes bring death before our eyes, but we will choose life in each single, in each single one, in each one of the circumstances. We will choose life as David did. And he was so brave, so encouraged because, so courageous because you have been dealing with him alone in the secret place. So, God, I want to pray for me and for my brothers and sisters this morning. Help us, Lord. Help us to stay in this place where we can listen to your voice. And until we listen to your voice, we won't leave. It's like you said to Martha, saying that Mary has chosen. You said Mary chose the best place. She, cho he, she chose life. He chose life. She chose listen to your voice and be quiet. And I just pray over us that you are going to help us because our body and our mind is so full and working all the time. We just pray that we're going to bring us to this quiet moment with you. And I do pray that you are going to bring waters from heaven that will wash away every single bad thought, every single bad feeling that is robbing us from your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.